top of the autumn to you, Tim. Uh, good morning, Jonathan. Tim Whistle, Director of Melbourne's Royal Botanic Gardens. And it's, it's that, that blessed time. It is. It's, uh, it's a time when little, little things appear, actually. I, I, there's, there's the big autumn colour, of course, which we'll probably see mm. in a moment. But I thought we could, we'd start just over here. Near, it's a little corner near what we call the herbarium building. We're standing very low. It is, it is. It's a little <laughs> green hood. So these are just leaves at the moment. But the, the tiny little um, Australian native orchids, many quite small, but that will produce what's called a nodding green hood. So a little huh? hooded flower will appear in the next month or so. So they're just little little green leaves lost, lost down there in the leaf litter for, yeah. for now. And they were not here a few months ago, so they appear seasonally. Flower during winter disappear and will come back next year. And is that something you've planted or something yes. that's just occurred yes. there? Yes, these would have grown here um, naturally uh, in the past in, in some of the sort of shaded areas but we have dotted these around the garden so every now and then you, if you look under a bush or a, a shrub you may see little green hood orchids or something else. What do they grow from? What's what's below? There's a little tuber, little um, like a b- tiny little potato, if you like, and it produces extra tubes and spreads, you know, almost like a bowl. Because that's that spread to a. I, I imagine you would have put in just one or two yeah. originally, and yeah. now it's it's a good sort of forty-five or so centimeters across that patch. Yeah, they're lovely to grow in pots, actually. If you, uh, if you get you hold can fill of them, the whole top yeah. space. Yeah, it's yeah. a bit like covered in moss or some soft fern, that, that kind of feel. I'll come back and grab a couple of those later. No, you won't. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful day. It is, isn't it? And, and uh, we, can, we can kick through the autumn leaves. <laughs> oh, there aren't many yet. No, no, well, there's not. Um, what you can see over here, just as we go past, speaking of small things, are all the some orange and little bracket fungi all on this uh, this old dead white oak so it, this is a great time for fungi this mm. you know autumn is the peak time for fruiting bodies in fact we we remove fungi here because we have things like death caps in the in the oak lawn and we don't want people to even by mistake pick one of those so we actually do remove those but we leave these these prettier ones here they are pretty they're growing on the bark of those those fallen limbs Nice bright orange, isn't it? Well, I wonder what that says in nature. Orange. It's not red. But <laughs> no, no, you're quite right. I mean, it is saying, "Come and come and do something with me. Come and eat me. Come and and take me somewhere else," yeah. which is probably what happens. And that too is just you've done nothing to prompt that. They just is what. No, no. The spores no. are in that bark. Yeah, exactly. So we, what we did was lay the, the wood out and make that safe and little seats and make mm. that quite pretty. But now it's going to decay over the next few years and gradually sort of fall apart. So and these fungi is f- part of that process. Yes. Yeah, the fungi have arrived themselves. Like they've just made their home here. We haven't planted those at all, which is quite a, a lovely thing in a botanic garden. It's free. It's free. Well, it's free. <laughs> there is that. <laughs> You're right about the colours. I mean, in terms of autumn, there's a few autumn colours. There's a, a red oak in the distance, which has got yep. big, bright orange colours, but a lot of them are still green. And these oaks, that I mean, yeah, fully green, some of them, and they'll, they'll hang on for a little bit yet, won't they? Uh, yes, they will, and, and that's, you know, it's going to take some of them, in fact, right through to the end of, of winter, almost going into spring, so the, the autumn changeover is very, very gradual. Is that a, a, a climatic disconnect for trees used to a colder place? Are they waiting for that, that real chill before they get the message? Not entirely. Even in the UK you find that the, you know, an, an elm and an oak will change colour at different times. It might be a month or two apart, so they all have their own little peak time. They hold their leaves a bit longer. It, it's possibly due to where they originally 
lived and the kind of forest they were in. Um, but they no, they do have this sequence even there. We're just going, we're coming to liquid amber, which is one of the most yes. spectacular trees, of course, when it, it colours up. It's, it's on its way. Yeah, it's just, just the... And you, well, I quite like this when you get one branch goes yellowy uh, red and you just sort of yes. see it then take over the whole tree. And, well, it's that real... It, there's a dapple, isn't there? All the sort of the contrasting colours, that range of yellows and greens and getting into the crimson. It's a, a painterly sort of effect. Yes, yes, that's right. And... Uh, and each day is quite different. So, the, and the light. I think the, we're on a beautiful sunny morning this morning. So suddenly it comes to life. It's almost as the the, 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 the richest colour is on the the furthest extremity of the tree. The deeper you go into the tree, yeah. the greener it stays. Yes, and it's a bit to do with light. So I think uh-huh. the, the when you have the brighter light, you get those big red colours. And red is red is um, produces a deliberate colour. So when they they pull the green out, which makes them yellow, but the red is a very deliberate colour. What's the tree doing while it's, it's doing that? It's pulling out all the, the nutrients, pulling out all, anything it wants to take from the leaves back into the trunk, drops the leaves, and then, you know, next season produce some fresh. And the, the reddish colour is sometimes thought to be... It could be two things. Either it's a bit of protecting it from the sun because it's, um, it's trying to, well, it sucks up all those good nutrients. Or it might be trying to stop insects attacking because red is a colour ah, that, that, that insects tend to avoid. Why would it care if it's about to drop them anyway? Yeah, well, that's a very good question. <laughs> no, no, but the, the, the theory is that it wants to get as much as it can for, and, and also not have the insects hanging around Pulling the tree. Pulling those sugars and so on out of the leaf. Yeah, and, and maybe just not, not having insects around making their nest during that time. So it's, a, it's actually it's an area that's still under a bit of study, I understand. People aren't quite sure. You know, isn't it great? Autumn colour. We, yes. we, we don't quite know why they produce the colours they do. You should ask the liquid amber. Tell us, liquid amber, what is your secret? <laughs> oh, answer huh? came there, huh? none. Typical. <laughs> now, I, I always, you, you know, I have this interest in oak, so I don't, but, mm. I, do, but I do want to show you because they're all changing colour. But Some would say interest, others would say <laughs> obsession. And, but I want to show you a couple over here because we started off small today with green hoods and yep. fungi and th- there's an oak over here that I, I find very appealing. This one here is called the running oak and see this is as big oh. as it gets. This is a, wow. a, a two metre high oak and you look at the leaves, they don't look very oak, they look like a willow or something. It's, it's not going to lose its leaves. So this is an oak as an oak can get. So what's the, what's the family connection? Um, it, it'll have acorns. It will. It will uh-huh. produce acorns. Okay. It will be. It's. It's quite closely related, but it's adapted to being lower. And in fact, there's even a smaller one. I must show you this down here. Oh, we're actually trampling into the garden bed now. Naughty. Ah, this is it here. Oh wow! So this one. This is uh, tiny one, seedling down there in the, in the leaves. That, that's that's an oak tree which you, you might not have picked, but that's a different kind of oak, and it'll grow maybe about half so what would you, it, it's growing in the, the in within the canopy of the running oak. Yeah, we're protecting but it you've, a bit. You've put, yeah, there's some metal yeah, we've got a little cage over the top. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's so small. I mean, it's very hard to grow small things in botanic gardens when you've you know got big trees around and uh-huh. shrubs and birds and things. So we want to make sure we remember partly that it's, it's here. It's there, yes. <laughs> don't, don't hoe this too vigorously. But these, these are, I mean, we're amongst oaks here from Mexico and, and Asia, and they're, they're very un-oaky trees. Well, so what, these. What's the, 
in, in the taxonomy of yeah. this. So, what are the what are the what makes an oak an oak? Yeah, well, it, it is a it's it's if you look at its DNA, it's going to be they're all going to be connected. But they produce acorns. They have a, a often a lobed leaf, but then the one we're looking at has no lobed meaning lo- lumps, oh, lumps, and, okay. and sort yep. of knobs and things on the side of the like an oak leaf, like an oak leaf exactly, <laughs> very much like an oak leaf. And the flowers they have you know flowers hanging down. So that if you the whole biology is very very similar, but a lot of plants do that. The actual leaf. Uh, changes depending on where it comes from. So if this is from Mexico, oh. it's got leaves. You know, it's it's evolved there. Another one from Asia has it's different sort of kinds. just the outer clothing. Yeah, it's what they what they need to survive where they are. But their their fundamental way they live uh, is all connected back to the f- very first oak in history, which probably came from when Europe. Was that? Europe in in probably Austria is the oldest fossil they've ever found. Gosh. Now, if I ever shown you this tree over here, so this is not Possibly an oak. <laughs> I want to make sure. I want to make sure it's not entirely oak. So this is a uh, an Australian tree. So Stenocarpus sinuatus, but it's better known as a firewheel tree. Hmm. So you, you see the big red flowers. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's got a firewheel tree. It's a proteaceae, so related to banksias, grevilleas, that kind of thing. You can see that. Well, in the, the flowers are very grevilleary. Exactly. Looking thing, exactly. They're beautiful. People do wonderful paintings of this tree, but it's also one of our commemorative trees. So um, planted. Oh, hello. Yes, but but not. So this is an old one. So it's planted by the Prince of Wales, but not not the Prince of Wales that we perhaps know as. King Charles today, 1920. I'm wondering if you. I don't want to put you on the spot here. To no, get, I to wouldn't guess. have a clue. <laughs> no, no. Well, this is Ed, Edward VIII. So this is oh. the the abdicated. As in Wallace Simpson. Correct, correct. He came to Australia in 1920 and planted this tree. So it's now over 100 years old. Yeah. And it is on. We note here on the sign. It's on the National Trust Register of Significant Trees. Yeah, and we have. Like, there's over 100 of these and. Most of them are planted by by royalty or governors or it's you know they mostly are people of that kind of ilk. I'm trying to imagine that little scene, 1920, so more than 100 years ago, the little the seedling in its pot and the the shiny spade. Yes, yes. And the well turned out party of dignitaries. Well, and and also all that came after in a way, like you know, in some ways that was all before. What happened next? Yes. Well, he was he was still to be king. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of potential there, I suppose. A lot of, uh, of things that didn't weren't going to happen or didn't didn't happen. Now, speaking of princes of Wales and kings, do you do you have a tree from KC three? Um, we don't. We don't. Um, we've got one from his grandmother, and we'll probably go past that up up here. We've not. I do think I've got a feeling this one in Government House. So Government House oh, yeah. also has commemorative trees and when a lot of visitors come there uh, they, they do the same thing they, they plant trees and I've got a, I've got a suspicion there is a one planted while he was prince there he's spent a bit of time here yeah so. he did he did there should be and I don't think there's one in Sydney I'm trying to rack my brains because they have some commemorative trees and I can't recall one being there. He, given his interests uh, you'd think that would be a thing that he would he would like to do yeah, it's, it's funny, isn't it? Maybe and just put a cabbage in, in the kitchen garden at a government house. <laughs> That's right. Some, some, <laughs> some broccoli. <laughs> yeah, look, and, and it always is interesting, actually, when you try, you try to think about what people should plant when they're here and whether you, you pick something that's appropriate 
to the person mm. or appropriate to the site and obviously it has to fit into the botanic garden but you know that that tree there is a, a really interesting rainforest tree from Australia and, and yet a lot of the other plantings are oak trees and you know things more perhaps attuned to the person who came. Birds are having a lovely morning this morning. They are, they're, they're noisy aren't they? Well, what was that one squawking over there? A cockatoo I suppose. Yes. <laughs> or jerk bird to give them their full zoological t- <laughs> title. All <laughs> oh, right. Okay. This is the, the season of the of the Wurundjeri and Woiwurrung people. This is the, the season of the wombat. It is. Um, and it's so I think that's between probably April through to June. And we don't have any wombats here. I, I think last time we were wandering through we were actually in um, eel season which is back in mm. back in March and I should I must say Jonathan because you, every time not every time but those eels are currently passing the Gold Coast I think by now have you have you checked no no but I seriously <laughs> no I, I think they're in Sydney I think they're just off okay. Sydney Harbour I thought you're sure to ask me where the eels are and I thought I better check <laughs> and they go into the estuaries around March, which is why it's you know a good season for catching them and eating them, but then they head up towards the Coral Sea. And I, this is probably not quite true, but it's somewhere around I think Sydney right now. This is wonderful because I mean Tim and I, as regular listeners to these walks, will know, uh, are obsessed by the extraordinary peregrination of the eel. That's right. So we're, we're fairly, I'm fairly sure they're on their way up. Um, we're going past the, the Duke ah. of York in 27. Now, I don't know who that, that would be, actually. We'll need to mm. have to do some research on all of that. Perhaps not the grand old Duke of York. Could be. It's a grevillea. It's a grevillea. So, again, this is a local plant that they would have wanted to plant here. A tree grevillea. That's a really one. handsome tree, isn't it? Yeah, it's lovely a really one. nice leaf. Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful one. There's about three or four sort of tree grevilleas, you know, the silky oaks, another one. Mm. Silky oak, which can get big. They they can and and uh, yeah. So that uh, that was a, a Miss a Miss Maud Gibson, who's actually a, a lovely local lady who supported the gardens out of Cranbourne. Huh. So they're not all kings and queens. And black bean. Wow, that's yeah. quite. A, that's yeah. This is a, a rainforest tree mm. that actually has seeds that are used in in medicinal purposes. I think even for things like cancer, it's been thought to have some uh, potential for treating. But it's again a beautiful tree. Butte spreading, cooling shade tree. You can grow them, they've got big sort of uh, the black bean or the nuts you can sort of grow inside almost in a glass. Oh, here we go. This is a, well, it's Queen Elizabeth II, so we're oh. at the grandmother tree now. 54. A brush box, so we have a native. A native tree. This is a you know a relative of now, the eucalypt. So is, is that is that the young queen or her mother? It's just the young queen. It's the young queen yes. when she was here in 1954. Yeah. So yeah, just on the fresh on the heels of the strange ritual in the abbey. Yeah, it's well that's right. It's not that it's not much of a tree that one actually. I, I, I think they could have picked a better one. I mean it's not, it's a not a nice enough tree, but it's just not very um, for something that old. And is that her only tree in these gardens? It is. We've only got the one. Yeah. Well, and, and it's funny you should say, is it just one? Because we're coming up to what's called the Hopeton Lawn. And Lord Hopeton, or Earl of Hopeton he was, that's right, he, he was a governor here around the turn of the 
19th century or 1890s to 1900 and not only did he plant a tree here but his uh, his wife planted a tree and his two sons planted a tree so these big oaks we have to our right which are called Algerian oaks (laughs) wow Quercus canariensis these are all planted by the Hopetons they're huge aren't they yeah but his whole family got the chance to plant um, you know the one over there the one over here these are these are the, uh, the the collection I've hoped to know. Well, it's sort of a, a metaphor for the colonial period. There are these vast trees, and absolutely everything is dead beneath. <laughs> There's them. nothing underneath, <laughs> and that's quite right. You, you, exactly, exactly. They are, but they are beautiful. They well, <laughs> they are beautiful trees, well, no matter what the metaphor. Yes. yes, yeah. And that I mean, it's the thing of the oak too. That that wonderful canopy that they of, mm. of the, the the downcast limbs that just. I'm just trying to think of the sort of the radius of this one here. It must be, it's a good cricket pitch in width, isn't it? Yeah, it would be. It's almost two cricket. So it's a cricket, yeah, radius cricket pitch. Right, diameter two cricket pitches. Yeah, yeah. Huge dream. A lot of people love wandering through here because, and, and in summer, it's a very lovely, shady, cool mm. place because of this huge arching branch that, um, and nothing underneath. As you say, you can't, it's a good place for kicking autumn leaves. Tim, that's splendid. A, it, a lovely autumn. It is. There's plenty more to come, Jonathan. And then the winter to follow, but so many seasons. <laughs> so many seasons in one place. Tim, thank you. A pleasure, Jonathan, as always. Listen to more great stories that take you beyond the headlines. Ask your smart speaker to play ABC RN.